Wilhelm Siegel of the Netherlands, Hans van Heemert, has had more than 100 hit songs on the top charts in his home country and with several huge successes abroad has competed three times as a songwriter for his nation in Eurovision. But more attempts have been made than that. During a rather chaotic conversation with both Sandra Reimer's brother, Frank, and Andres, more known as Dries Holten's daughter, Astrid, attend in addition to the guest of Anna himself, we get to know how great Hans von Heimert really was as a songwriter for several decades. And still is, believe me. Maybe it should be mentioned that even a parrot whistles in the background. Or maybe it's Frank Reimer. No one really seems to know. We get to know how it came about that he... And by he, I mean Hans, neither Frank nor the parrot, got to compete in 1972, 74 and 76. But we also get to hear how several songs sounded that have been submitted since then, but have not been chosen or been rejected. What was it really like working with Mouth McNeil and Sandra Raymer and Andres? What happened behind the scenes at Eurovision? How much have the Swedish winners ABBA from 1974 influenced his compositions afterwards? And how did he get to work with big international stars such as Fick Leandros, Alice Babs, Demis Rosos and Hildegard Knef? This is Eurovision Legends and I'm the worst thing that has happened to the Dutch language since the invention of throat medicine. Emil Löfström. Welcome to Eurovision Legends, Hans van Heimert. Thank you, Emil. All the way from Sweden. <laughs> it, this is an honor to have you here. Uh, not least in these days where I hope that we can take a pause from worrying about the dark events currently taking place in Ukraine yeah. and talk about happier things and maybe happier times. And I hope that the effect will be the same for everyone listening. Good idea. That's a good idea. I have listened to your songs throughout my childhood and your name has been mentioned several times in this podcast by various guests. Oh, really? Yep. Most recently with Frank Raymer, of course, but also guests like Paul Curtis and Ralph Siegel have talked about you and your compositions. Oh, really? Yes. Paul Curtis. It, it, wasn't that a record I, I made with uh, Curtis and Dean? Yep, you got me wrong. Yeah, no, I got you right. <laughs> you think I That's a lovely song. Yeah. Um, to warm up and relax a bit, I usually start my conversations with some quick questions to get to know my guests' tastes. Are you up for that? Sure. Name drop three Eurovision songs you really like. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can. I, it happens to be one of uh, Sweden. Mm -hmm. The male singer with these uh, fantastic movements. Uh, I don't uh, don't remember the name. A Swedish singer. Are you talking about Mons Selmelöv with the song Heroes? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, 
Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. And the other one is happens to be a Swedish one as well. Okay. And that's uh, what's her name? Luna or something? Lorraine. Yeah. Yeah. Euphoria. Oh, fantastic. That was uh, really great. And another one is. Um, I, I heard it on the radio and I didn't even really realize it was uh, joining the Eurovision Song Contest one, two, three years ago. And that was Iceland. Mmm, daddy. It was the timing and, and the movements. It was, it was really, it was so great. Uh, best song from the Netherlands in Eurovision, besides your three songs, of course. Well, then, first of all, the one my father wrote. Yeah. Uh, Net als toen by Corrie Broken. Yes, 1957. Yep. It, it won. My father wrote the lyrics. <laughs> And charmant, dan wordt de wereld weer net als vroeger een sprookjesland. Yeah, I think two years later there was Teddy Scholten with uh, een beetje. Yeah. And he, he won again. Yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. Een beetje. Verliefd is iedereen, wel is dat weet je. Je wilt verstandig zijn, maar dat vergeet je. Zodra je naar wat amor luistert, luistert, dan weet je. Uh, I think that's uh, it's genius stuff he he wrote because um, if you just take the part. Het speelt je maar, ach weet je, soms vergeet je wel een beetje, gauw je eetje. All these in rhymes and you're fantastic. And I think I joined this Eurovision Song Contest the first time with uh, Sandra and Anders, with uh, Als Don Liefde Gaat. Yep. The second one was I See a Star with uh, Martha McNeil. Yep. And the third time was with the sister of my friend who was sitting next to me he, he took care of of, of the, the the fact that i can that i can hear you yeah <laughs> well, his name is frank but you i think you uh, had a talk with him uh, already absolutely and so that that song was uh, it was called the party's over yes and we will talk more about those three songs later believe me uh, can we go back to the quick questions sure Worst song from the Netherlands in Eurovision. <laughs> it was last year. I don't even I don't even remember the name of the artist, but it was it was next to nothing. Fish and chips without salt, without any sauce, without oh. Yeah, it was called Title Birth of a New Age with Young Go. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
yeah, that's typical Dutch to uh, to make something big out of that thing, like thing like. Uh, now we are very busy making excuses for the slavery past. You know, I get sick of this. You know, it's 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 so over the top, and we can't even use Sinterklaas and Zwarte Piet anymore. It's uh, and when when somebody is chosen for the song festival, festival, it has to be someone who is in a difficult position. And they have to be taken care of. And at, at this moment, that's typical Dutch. I hope that that'll pass soon. Last qu quick fire question. Who do you want to see compete in Eurovision next year? My God. Uh, you can I'll, say I'll, yourself. I'll, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, I'll, I'll, I'll send you, play you the song I wrote for the Eurovision Song Contest. I made... I made a, 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 a small, uh, like a, a school theater play. Yeah. And it's about, uh, it's a little bit the, the style, the, the atmosphere of um, Dreadlock Holiday. Mm -hmm. A pretty boy walking over the beach and going to the doctor, complaining that he is so ill. There's nothing wrong with him, but uh, the, the doctor, she's a woman and she's so pretty. He, he totally in love with her. And said, uh, "Oh, I feel pain. And, oh, can you cure my soul?" And you know, I, I I looked at it as a little piece of theater, and sitting this uh, doctor behind her desk said, "Oh, I love you so much. You're so pretty." But I'm so sick. Can you cure my soul? Um, I thought that was a great idea, but <laughs> it it was turned down. Okay, but uh, maybe you can give it a new try. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would love to hear it anyway. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. Thank you. We survived the first part. In the beginning of the 60s, your first composed songs got released. When would you say the big breakthrough came for you as a composer? What was your first hit? My first hit was a song that I forced my father to use for as, a, as an intro for a series he was making. It called uh, Stad. It was about uh, greenhouses in the Westland, yeah. which is a part of uh, Holland where they grow vegetables and things like that. And it, it, it was a drama series. And I told my father, you need a good song for an intro. And he, he said, no, I don't need anything at all. <laughs> he said, yes, you need a good song as an intro. <laughs> so I played him the song. He liked it very much. And uh, in the end, I sang it with Trea uh, Dobbs, at that time, a well-known singer. Was, uh, it was actually was the first hit I I composed. And at the end of the 60s and the beginning of the 70s, singles and albums were released with you as an artist. Was it a big dream from the beginning to be an artist? I've never I never wanted to be an artist because uh, I was scary 
being on stage when I was like 19 or 20. I was so scared for the audience. I was scared for everything. I had fear for cameras, for the for the microphone. In 1969, you participated for the first time in the national final to Eurovision. Do you remember what you competed with? That can be, that could be Frankie and the Timebreakers. Anneke Grönlo with Heartbeat. Oh yeah, 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 oh yeah, that was so funny. That was one of the one of the few songs I wrote together with my father. Okay. He wrote the lyrics. Yeah. And uh, I wrote the music. You got a fifth place out of ten songs. And Lenny Kour won with the song Les Troubadours, which later won the whole Eurovision together with Spain, uh, the United Kingdom and France. Uh, please tell me, how did this happen that you submitted a song? I have no idea. I, I, I just can't tell you. For me, it was an interesting um, matter to get recognition and a Eurovision Song Contest. If you could get in, yeah, it, it could bring you some kind of fame. Or yep. When was the last time you listened to the song? Uh, I think 50 years ago. <laughs> okay, we play it here. Darling, your bosom, a shot, yells good day. Leave your tea, oh, yeah, you're from there. Comes to be fresh, day, and why are you do? Sir, let me Was this the first time you tried to compete? Had you submitted anything before? Do you know? No, no. It was the first time. Okay. First time. Three years later, in 1972, it was decided that Sandra Reimer and Dries Holten, more known as Andres, should represent yes. the Netherlands in Eurovision. And in the national pre-selection, they competed with three songs. All three songs were written by you and Dries? No. No? Uh, Astrid was uh, the, there was a song was it by uh, George Baker when we competed was that uh, the oude Sigeun was that or, or the, did I do that with Martin McNeil? Sandra Landers is Af van der Liefde gehad oude Sigeun and who wrote that did I yeah <laughs> or did you follow the the three competing songs was Als het om de liefde gaat die oude Sigeun and oh help me out here lang so fijnet Yet. Oh, long so Yeah, yeah, yeah. These were the three no, songs no, competing, no, and you had written all of them. I don't think I I, I wrote Audrey uh, Okay, I know that you had worked with this duo for some years before, but how come? I mean, was it up to you guys to decide which songs should compete in this pre-selection, or was it simply the case that the three best songs in the eyes of the Dutch TV station happened to have been penned by you, or who chose the songs? The the songs were chosen by by us, by ourselves, because uh, Sandra and Anders at that time were so successful, so we we didn't really... We were not waiting for uh, other people to to compete so the, the, the to be honest i don't remember oude sigeuner but uh, i i think i heard i heard george baker say it isn't that the song no and uh, anyway <laughs> <laughs> we could afford because uh, some of us were so successful we could afford to steer uh, it uh, a little bit ourselves 
if you understand what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you write more songs for this project, or was it these these songs, or did you present these. anything more? No, no, this was all. According to Frank Raymer, Sandra's brother, who I recorded an episode with last year, she, I mean Sandra, didn't like the three songs and said when Als Hetum de Lief de Gaat won that it was the best of the worthless songs. Are these your <laughs> memories from it too? Well, well that's... Um, Is it true? Uh, absolutely. All, all the songs have been, uh, all the great hits... Yeah. Uh, I wrote after that, and there were always complaints from the artists. Love always said, oh, what a horrible song. <laughs> okay, we'll sing it. And then, you're the greatest lover. <laughs> Sold over, over a few million. Yeah. Uh, I didn't care. Who sang the demo of the song, Als het om de liefde gaat? That was me. Do you still have it? That'll be hard. I'll try to find it. Yep, because I would love to play maybe, it here. Maybe Astrid, maybe Astrid has it. Do you have the demo of uh, Als het om de liefde gaat? Yeah. You have it? Yeah. Really? Okay, so I'll have it, yeah. You have it? Yeah. Who, who sang it? That must have been me. <laughs> She's gonna dive into the history. <laughs> the dungeon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eurovision in 1972 was hosted in Edinburgh. What are your memories from this event? My memories from this event was that uh, that we were really, we had a chance halfway to, to win. <laughs> and it was uh, Vicky Leandros, uh, Sandra Hernandez, and... We, we 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 went rather long yep. on the on the same level. <laughs> and at that time I realized, imagine that someone others will win. Then I have to keep this horrible cloth that I don't know the, the English word, but it tickled and kibbled and I, it made me crazy. Imagine that they are gonna win. Then I have to wear this for another few hours. What is kibbling in, in English? Itching. Itching. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, itching. Did anything happen behind the scenes that you can share with us from Edinburgh? No, no. 
no special was, moments or nothing no nothing it was uh, it was really smoothly happening yeah and no problems at all luxembourg won with vikeliandros and the evergreen après toi and you ended in a respectable fourth place yes And, 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 and the good thing about that, uh, Emil, is uh, that at that time, when you only ended up uh, fourth, that you had a good chance that in other countries, this would be a hit as well. Yeah, so I mean, in, Ger- in yeah. Germany, it was an enormous hit, yeah. enormous uh, success. And there was the advantage. And, and these days, when you end up, second or third or fourth nobody remembers it yeah and this became a huge hit in uh, abroad in several countries and and several cover versions were made with other artists in different languages i believe that there is something like 12 recordings in other languages oh yes oh yes without any doubt yeah On va dire oui au vieux curé. Dok smo bez problema prijatelja roj. Dok smo srećne velikih je broj. Parutbe na zajam kad zatražimo mi. U mišju rupu beže svi. Jaj vi hajn min pels som den lis tejlo ha. What is your relation to the song today? My relation to the song today, it's a good memory with uh, nice people I worked with for for years. And this was the, the flag on top, the cherry on the cake, with that success of Osdon Liedergaard. And after that, we had at least 10 top 40 hits with uh, someone on there. So it was a, a great start. What was it like to work with Sandra and Andres? Sandra and Andres, uh, they're both Indonesian. Yeah. And they have the quality of always being very... Uh, relaxed. So in the studio, <laughs> sometimes I really have to say, my God, get angry, get happy, do something. You need some more pepper. <laughs> and, and then it happened. Yeah. But uh, that's, that's, uh, that's a quality of, uh, especially 
Indonesian people, they, they always remain, they, they call, you call that indolent. That means that oh, relax, relax. A little bit like uh, Southern uh, people, manana. So oh, it's okay, it's okay. If you give 80%, that's, that's enough. But thank God, together we could manage that they gave 100%. If we go back to Vikiliandros and I add stars like Alice Babs, Sandra and Anders, <laughs> Demis Rosos and Hildegard Knef, what do you say then? That was the most difficult job I got to do because um, director Bob Goyens, he came to me and said, uh, Hans, can you write a song for some world famous artists? And it's meant to be for the 50th anniversary of the BBC. Yeah. And the BBC, which is always being called, especially for the connoisseurs, auntie. Yeah. Uh, I asked him, what kind of artist do I do? Are you thinking of? Yeah, well, uh, let's say uh, Paul McCartney and, and, and these, these two of uh, The Sound of Silence. And uh, I said, well, that, that, that'll be very difficult because I, I'm not sure whether they are waiting for something I'm, I'm writing. But apart from that, they're all, the, they all work with different companies. Yeah. So you have to choose from people from one company. And the company I worked with closely at that time was a photogram. So in the end, we chose the, the artists, uh, like you just said. And I remember I couldn't, I couldn't record them. I couldn't get them to the, to the studio at one time. So I recorded, for instance, Hildegard Kneef. And Hildegard Kneef, at, at that time, she was really something. Yeah. She was really, yeah, a real star. She was engaged to David Cameron. And I went with her into the studio and she asked me, please Hans, can you sing me once more what I have to sing? And at a certain time I spoke German with her. I speak better German than English, but that doesn't surprise you. <laughs> no, your English is perfect, no worry. <laughs> I totally get what you are saying. <laughs> but I spoke German with her and uh, I, I, I sang the, the, the thing she, she had to sing and yeah. she sang it an octave lower than I had in mind. <laughs> but I, I, I thought that I found that so interesting. So we went on that way. But all the time this uh, David Cameron came in between translating when I spoke German translating my words in, in English. Okay, yeah. And she notified that I was I was getting very irritated but I didn't say something and then when I spoke English with her again he came with this talk back that you have in the in the, in the studio and uh, translating my English in German and the other way around I got so irritated and suddenly she said David with a strong German accent. David, fuck off. And he was gone. So that, uh, and had everybody warned me for uh, collaboration with, with Vicky Landos. Everybody said, oh, her father is the producer. And, oh, 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 that's gonna be a hell. Well, to be honest, it was like heaven. I've been working with her for a quarter of an hour. And that's, that's you can say that these things happen with great artists. You don't have problems with them. But did these superstars ever meet? Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, David Ruzos was too late. He was not on tape yet. 
So in the studio, I had I had to sing this for this this artist I admired. I had to sing what he would later sing in the studio. Yeah. And at that time, technically, this was almost impossible, but we managed to do it. And he, whereas Hildegard Kneven sang it an octave lower, and this Davis Russell sang it an octave higher. And it gave the song such a, such a, a, a nuances, such an extra. Yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, this is one of my big favorites that you have composed. And really? we listen to it here. Who's the funny relative to whom we owe the most? It's our The following year, it was decided that Ben Kramer should represent the Netherlands in Eurovision and he competed with four songs, but none composed by you. Did you offer him any songs? No. To, to be honest, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't like his uh, voice. Okay. Well, he should definitely have needed your help since the Netherlands ended in the bottom that year with the song The Oidest Musicant. <laughs> Uh, yeah. We go to the following year, 1974. Usually when Eurovision and 1974 is said in the same sentence, everyone thinks of ABBA. But today we're going to put the focus on the duo Mouth and McNeil instead. They had several big hits in the beginning of the 70s. Songs like How Do You Do and Hello, both composed by you. Yes. And 
And I read that somewhere that How Do You Do had sold six million copies worldwide. Yeah, that's that's true. It was uh, it's also sold uh, a million in the United States. Yeah, and um, I think I have at least three, four, five hundred covers. Of, of that song. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's really it's unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, even today, almost every month, I get a copy sent uh, with a cover of uh, "How Do You Do." Yeah, I I can tell you that my mother had the, the single. I remember it from my childhood. No, no, there's a there. I think maybe it's a, a Swedish uh, DJ. He's called Sesman. He made a, some kind of a Latin version with uh, a rap on it. It's a, it's a great. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. It makes me so happy that uh, that really every week something is happening with old songs of mine, and that's how it could uh, happen. That uh, at that time in 1974, there was a group in Sweden, and they covered everything I made. Really everything. The ink was still wet, but it was being covered by a group in Sweden. In my mind, it was a group with. Two girls. Was it family? Well, I don't tell you because that ruins the story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But what happened? We were in Brighton, and there was the Eurovision Song Contest, and we had a party, and there was. I, I thought, oh, 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 yeah. That is the group. They record all my songs, and I met two beautiful girls. Agneta and Anafrit. Yeah. I heard later. I, I met him on the stairs. I had a little drink before because that was uh, gave me a little bit of courage. So I, <laughs> I tipped them on the shoulder and said, "Hi, <laughs> I'm uh, <laughs> I'm um, Hans van Hemert." They looked at me. What is it? What kind of idiot is that? They said, "I'm Hans van Hemert." Yeah. So. You record all my songs. Oh, really? Like what? So I gave a, a concert on the stairs, singing "How do you do?" and all these songs, all the successes, and they just stared at me. <laughs> and we said, "Thank you, goodbye. Thank you for the concert." <laughs> It turned out to be another group, and that was the group that won the Eurovision Song Contest, and they are called ABBA. But later on, I found out it was the Glenmarks, <laughs> and they recorded everything I made. So, uh, being be, being <laughs> standing in front of of an audience and being greatest loser of the world, <laughs> that happened to me that night. <laughs> This is so funny. Uh, you know, I know the one of the singers from uh, Glenmark's, Anne-Louise Hanson, and I will send her a mail after this <laughs> and tell her that. <laughs> <laughs> Was it because of the success with How Do You Do and Hello that they were offered to represent the Netherlands in 1974? Or do you remember why and how they got the opportunity? Well, the reason is that uh, Eurovision Song Contest uh, Dutch committee asked, they just looked at uh, who is the most successful 
artist at the, at, at the moment. Yeah. At that time, it was obviously Martha McNeil. And as I, I wrote all these songs, I said, okay, we let them join the Eurovision Song Contest. But for the audience, I'll allow someone else to also write a song. Yep. And maybe maybe that was George Baker, something a jukebox yeah. in a, in a three-quarter yeah. tempo. Yeah. And the other two songs I wrote... Yeah, because they competed with three songs in the pre-selection. Yes, two two yes. of them were composed by you. Uh, I see a straw, but it was in Dutch. Uh, no, no, no. I scouted in in in, uh, in English and in, in uh, Brighton. It was uh, yeah. In Brighton, it was sung in in English. Yeah. But I believe that they sung it in Dutch in the pre-selection. I'm certain. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. Yeah. yeah. Maar straks komt hij dichterbij. Ik zie een lach, een lieve lach, die is alleen bestemd voor mij. Ik zie een stem, hij staat op mij. Maar straks komt hij dichterbij. And the other song was Liefste. Liefste, oh, your pronunciation is almost Friesisch. <laughs> <laughs> And the third one that you didn't compose. <laughs> that was that one. I think that one was by George Baker. That was titled "Soals de Orjes Songen." Soals de Orjes Songen. Yeah. Soals de Orjes Songen, At least I, I still have, I just heard that demo yesterday. And I also heard the demo I made yesterday yeah. of I, I See a Star. And it's it's really, I had an enormous interview and it's being um, exposed uh, next week for the AD. It's a, they call that a quality newspaper. Yeah. And uh, they asked me about successes I, I made. How do I look at that? <laughs> yeah. I said my success is based on kids' songs with a dance beat under it and a good arrangement, which loosens it from the kid stuff, makes it richer and more interesting. But in fact, all the even my German publisher, he always asked me, Hans, schreib mir doch bitte noch mal so ein Ohrwurm. <laughs> and Ohrwurm is so that that's a song that does never quit your head anymore you keep singing it you can't get it out of your head yeah and did you still have the demo of i can see a star you mean yeah yeah can yeah. we play it <laughs> it really sounds very childish but uh, you, you can play it. 
You Lovely. Can play a part of it. Lovely. Yeah. Thank you. The winner was Isaiah Straw, and it won a landslide with more than twice as many points as the others. Nearly thrice, actually. Obvious from the start that this would win. I mean, were you certain that it would? Everybody told me that uh, it was either Amar or Asia Star. No, but I mean in the pre-selection. I mean among the three oh, songs the that they competed with. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. you were certain. Okay, no doubt. Was the song composed for this pre-selection, or did you already have the song? No, no. I specially wrote it for the Eurovision Song Contest. Again, the contest was held in the United Kingdom, but this time in Brighton. What uh, are your memories from Brighton? Well, I didn't see much of it, apart from the, the, the party with uh, Annie Fried and yeah. uh, Agneta. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not pretty, uh, no, I didn't see much of it. From what I've heard, Mouth and Maggie McNeil didn't get along at all and were fighting all the time in Brighton. Is this rumor true? That's true, absolutely. Yeah, the, the problem is when you put two people together and character-wise and, and, and uh, social, socially spoken, spoken, they had nothing to do with each other. Yeah. And you just put them together and not, not counting on the fact that, uh, that this would really almost explode. But no, they, 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 no, yeah, but, but Willem was a very rude, very strong and overwhelming type. And yeah, almost being not slaughtered, <laughs> that's too much, but, but, but by, by, by his, his appearance, you know, he was so strong and so overwhelming. Was this the reason they split up directly after Eurovision, despite their big breakthrough for the European audience? Yes. I mean, because shortly after Eurovision, and they got this huge hit with ICS Star, they split up and never did anything together again. Not uh, to be honest, I I made a recording with them after ICS Star. I think it's called uncle and but then they split up and they had to get rid of the divorce of uh, of Schalke mm-hmm. McNeil and I put on uh, the one uh, Willem chose himself yeah. Ingrid Cup. so then it was called Big Martha Little Eve But there's a, there's a very funny thing that I just uh, found out. A colleague of mine, Eddie Owens, who joined the Eurovision Song Festival also yeah. with uh, a teaching like that. Yeah, yeah, teaching. He, he told me, Hans, have you seen a show of what's his name again? They call him Mr. Eurovision. Uh, Terry Wogan. No, not Terry Wogan. Uh, Graham Norton. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Graham Norton. Did you see uh, last night, uh, Sunday last night, did you see the Graham Norton show? 
I said, no, I never looked at it. Then you should watch that because this Graham Norton is telling something about uh, something you'll be interested in. Mm -hmm. So I found the, the part where he was asked, Mr. Norton, what do you consider the best song ever in Eurovision history? Yeah. I said, I think that would be, I see a star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> I copied, of course, the part because <laughs> it was so fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> this great idol, this, this, this great man with, uh, with his own show, he can even, he can even insult the greatest artists in the world. And he, him, hearing say, yeah, I think I see a star, best song ever. Yeah. Well, uh, I see a star got a third place. And no. No? No. I always say they ended up second, but that's, <laughs> that, that, that's a lie. Uh, Martha McNeil ended third and Abba won. And listening to your huge catalog of songs... I feel pretty confident that you are an ABBA fan, right? Absolutely. Because we can hear that in several of your compositions. I think of your songs like, for example, Champagne, Love, Guys and Dolls, Babe and Vulcano. <laughs> you did your homework. And believe me, I love Valentino with Champagne. That's, that's yes, very good. Very that's good. the song that Abba never never recorded. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe the Glenmarks. Yeah, <laughs> maybe the Glenmarks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> The following year, 1976, you competed with two songs in the Dutch final. And this year, the rules were changed again and five songs competed with five different artists. Do you remember which songs you competed with? Yes, I think I, I wrote, I think, uh, Do You Dig It? Yeah, with Spooky and Sue. Sandra. The party's over. Yeah, the party's over.
sang the demo of the part is over. That must have been me. <laughs> yeah, when you write a song, uh, the, 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 you, the someone has to has to sing the the, the lead. Yeah. And you first have to teach uh, some someone <laughs> how to sing it, and then you it's it's the, the most easy easy way is to sing it yourself. Did you present more songs for this pre-selection, or was it these two? I mean, did Sandra, for example, have more songs to choose from? Sorry, I don't remember. Because I'm asking because I, I saw that she released two more songs quite soon afterwards, titled Mrs. Lonely and Two Tonight, and they are three minutes exactly. Oh, yeah. I Yeah, you know more about me than <laughs> I know I know about myself. <laughs> yeah, that that sounds familiar. Eurovision in 1976 was held in The Hague. Was it different to compete on ho- home soil? Yeah, it was uh, less exhausting because uh, you didn't have to uh, drive so many kilometers. <laughs> 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 no, it, it, it was fun. You know, all these people of the television broadcasting companies, it was fun. It was like a party. Do you have any special memories from uh, The Hague in 1976? No, I only have uh, memories. Yeah, there's yeah, there's one thing that, you know, when you make a recording with a duo and there's a man and a woman, then uh, the, the key. Yeah. The key is always different, uh, difficult to... to to find as an ideal for both of the artists. So often, Sandra had to sing very high. And with the parties over, I really refound, revisited her deep voice. And she has a beautiful, warm voice in, uh, in the lower key. Yeah. And when you hear the beginning of uh, the parties over, that sounds very that's that's really great that sounds so warm and especially that i i remember and after that i don't remember right after that or in that time i made an an, an album with her and especially concentrated on the lower key in her voice and that was very beautiful when she died uh, a few years ago how long ago was it? 2017 how many Five years. Five years? Time flies. Brotherhood of Man with the song Save All Your Kisses For Me, one for the UK. And the party's over, got a measly ninth place. How disappointed were you with this result? No, I was not disappointed. Not at all? Yeah, of course, you're always a little bit disappointed, but... To be honest, uh, save all your kisses for me. It, it was brilliant, especially with with that end and uh, so. The, the, absolutely, and, but and, and absolutely, the, the party's over. Was it was performed well? It was a good song. Yeah, but uh, to be honest, Brotherhood of Man was uh, the real winner at that time, so I I couldn't complain about that. 
Well, despite a measly ninth place, this became Sandra Raymer's biggest hit in her career. Really? Yes. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah, it did. Um, it would take seven years until you were back in the Dutch pre-selection for Eurovision. Why? Uh, because I wasn't asked. Uh, I didn't have I didn't have so many hits at that time. So they, the Eurovision uh, Song Contest uh, people who would who should decide who they had to choose from, they didn't come to me because. I didn't have, have so many hits at that time. But in 1983 and 1984, you competed with two songs both years, both sung by Fulcano. Yeah, there, there I made a, an enormous mistake because uh, the, the funny thing is that I wrote a song, especially for the Eurovision Song Contest. I wrote it in, in, in English. And at that time, I was a good friend of uh, Dominic for the, the, the guys and dolls. He came to my house and I said, uh, he said, listen to that song. I heard something. So I played it for him and it was a beetje van dit and a beetje van dat. But not by Focado at that time. It was only my, my demo. And he was so enthusiastic. So when are we going to record it? So, no, no, sorry. It's not for you. It's for Tocano for the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> he, he was angry. <laughs> Why don't you give it to us? I said, no, that's not possible. At that time, we you were you were forced to to join the festival in your own language. Yeah, yeah. So in this case, in, in Dutch. And the, the biggest mistake I made was that every artist they had to sing two songs. Yes. And the mistake I made is that I made, to be honest, two very good songs for Vulcano. Yeah. The first one was a beetje van dit. And the other one was met jou erbij, and that's uh, that's uh, about uh, everything is is so much better when you do things together and when you join the club and when you join hands and so the song starts starts like a lonely girl singing I'm I'm standing here and I, I I'm so nervous and oh can I, can somebody help me and and then in the in the chorus everybody was together singing met jou erbij with yeah. you everything is stronger feels better so that was a very good song and what happened, the, 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 the later winner... Um, Bernadette. Bernadette, exactly. Yeah. 
Sing me a song. That's no Bernadette. That's me. <laughs> but she had, she had this song and it was good. And she had the the, the, the second song was was really was an ugly song. Now what the people do? They give points to either the song, but also to the group yes. or to the artist. Yeah. And and Betje van D got a second place, and the other song got a fifth place. And the year after, the following year, 1984, you ended. Yeah, but you you know what happened? That uh, Betje van Dit was 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 the biggest hit. And the funny thing is that Betje van Dit was the the, 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 the bigger hit. So yes. I, obviously, yeah. I made I made a mistake. And it was a pity that uh, that it didn't win. But it was a big hit anyway. But 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 now now you know, Okano was some kind of a follow up to a group I formed a few years before, and that was called uh, the group called uh, Love. Yeah, you you know them? Yes. Carlo as a, some kind of a follow-up to love. So I didn't, I didn't want to go on with uh, three girls, but so it was two girls and two boys. And yeah. uh, so I started with them in English. But then when we joined the Eurovision Song Contest, it had to be done in Dutch. Yes. And that was the big hit. So <laughs> I, lo I lost track at that moment because I, I didn't want to stop it at uh, the border between Holland and Germany. And because it was Dutch, it stopped. So the hit didn't become a hit in Germany and in France and uh, wherever. So what we did is translate it. But a beetje van dit and a beetje van dat, a beetje zus, a beetje zo, a beetje van dit. Beetje zus, weet je wel. Beetje van hier, beetje van daar. En dan komt het allemaal prima voor elkaar. These are typical Dutch sayings. Yeah. People use these words any day. Yeah. And when you have to translate that, there's nothing left of it. But going through your catalogue of released songs with Vulcano, I realized that nearly every song is exactly three minutes or shorter. Were <laughs> all these songs written with Eurovision in mind? Or is it just a coincidence? No. No, I think I, uh, I, I reckoned with that. Yeah. In 1997, Mrs. Einstein sang all the six competing songs in the national final, and among them, you had written one song. And this is the la latest time you competed in the pre-selection. Yes. Do you remember the song for yes, Mrs. Einstein? Yes, it's, it's called That, that Liebte So Moet Sein. Yes. Yes. <laughs> 
How come you never participated since 1997? Well, so from time to time I sent uh, songs, but uh, they were neglected. They were sometimes I don't you don't even get an answer. But this year I got an answer. But uh, how uh, great that you sent a song and great that uh, you were one of the participants. Yeah. But uh, your song is not chosen. <laughs> That's all. How many songs do you think you have submitted? For, for the song festival? Yeah, in total. Maybe 10, 15, something like can that. Can we play some one of them? Sure, you can. You, you, I think you should play at least uh, a bit of that or a bit of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they have competed. But I mean, I, I will play all, all the songs you have competed with. I will, I will that we have talked about. I will play them in this episode. But is there any song that got rejected that we can play? Yes, I uh, the, the one I sent this year. Yeah, you you'll be amazed because it's it doesn't look uh, doesn't sound like anything I made uh, so far. I went to see the doctor She said, what's wrong with you? I came to see you, doctor She said, there's nothing wrong with you But tell me where's the problem It's difficult to explain I hardly dare to tell you, doctor I'm feeling too much shame so much for your time Hans you're most welcome and uh, give my greetings to Niels van der Poel <laughs> what an amazing guy is that jeez this is not normal he, he, he comes from out of space I think and, and, uh, at least he has a Dutch name so that, uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> but he, yeah, he really he, he really he, he won so overwhelming it was unbelievable before we hung up can I please just say some words to sure. Astrid thank you thank you and bye bye Emil nice talking to you we keep in contact bye 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 bye, bye, bye. thank you Frank <laughs> we'll keep in touch thank you Frank absolutely we do bye bye, bye. 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 bye.